I'm Kate Daniels. Something we may not be fully aware or conscious of is our self-talk, in particular, our negative self-talk. The need to get a handle on it is hugely important to living our best life. Dr. Shad has made this his life's work to research and to write about, to offer classes. And knowing just how critical this is for each of us, Dr. Shad has a new book, Negative Self-Talk and How to Change It. And it is so succinct, we can read it in just one hour. So let's meet Dr. Shad and learn. Dr. Shad Helmstetter, it is just so great to have you join us this morning. I am so grateful. So thank you. You're welcome. And of course, thank you for this incredible work that you are doing and getting us really more aware and attentive to uh, negative self-talk so that we can be much more conscious of it, more positive in our, our life's path, right? Well, that's right. And I'm afraid we're living in a time that seems to be getting more negative as opposed to more positive. So, so the I've been writing in the field of self-talk for over 35 years, and I've never seen a time where it's, it's more necessary to, to think about our own self-talk, our negative self-talk, and, and do everything we can to change it. Now, we can sense negativity around us. Uh, why do you think it's worse now than it's ever been? Two reasons. One is because the I would say sort of the social media climate is tends to be kind of negative. Uh, if you want to have a bad day, write something questionable on on Facebook or on Instagram and or tweet something and and look at the responses you get. Um, and it's very clear that we're no longer living in a time of of optimism or believing in the best. We tend to look at the worst first and the best last. And you're about wanting to change it. I certainly am right there beside, behind you, uh, encouraging it, wanting to get the information there. Maybe part of it is that uh, we just need to be made aware that we're thinking t- uh, too negatively m- too much of the time. Yeah, I think it's fascinating that most people aren't aware that everything they think and everything you say that's, that you repeat um, actually gets wired into your brain. So you're literally changing your software constantly. The brain is designed to rewire itself throughout your entire lifetime. So every time you think or say something that's negative, and then you repeat that or it comes up again and you, you, you think the same thought again, it doesn't, we used to think that negative thinking just went in, a, in one ear and out the other. It doesn't, it it stays. It gets wired in. And, and the part of the brain that stores all of those messages we get, we get thousands in a day, but the part of the brain that stores all of those messages, that part of the brain doesn't know the difference between something that's true and something that's false or right or wrong or bad or good. It just wires it in and then it acts on it as though it's true. So if you get up, get up in the morning and you say, no, it's another blue Monday, or it's going to be one of those days, or nothing ever works right for me, or everything I eat goes right to my waist, or I'm no good at that, or I'm too clumsy, or all of those things that I just said, 
the brain actually ends up believing, and you become most the person you think about being most, and you become most the thoughts that you have most. So, so it's actually neurological. It's not just, it's, this isn't some kind of motivational idea to change your self-talk. It has to do with the brain, the way the brain gets wired. So I believe what I heard, the brain keeps rewiring throughout our lifetime. Is that right? Yeah, that's called neuroplasticity. That's a very popular subject right now. Neuroplasticity means that, and this is a, a recent finding within, at least in the, in the past decade or two, that we used to think that the brain stopped changing when we were very young. We've now found out that that's not true at all. The brain continues to rewire itself, and it does that throughout your entire lifetime. And, and the way it rewires itself is with new input or the input that it's getting from the world around you and from your own self-talk. And so what happens is, is that even if your thoughts, even if, let's say there's somebody who tends to be pretty negative, well, that's just because their, their brain is playing back to them the messages that they've already stored there. So if you automatically and naturally think about things in a, in a negative way, about what won't work or can't work instead of what, what you can do and what will work. If your brain is wired that way now, because of neuroplasticity, fortunately, you can change it. You can rewire the brain. And, and that's what I was really hoping to hear and what is actually the case. So even if there's been this programming going on from right at birth, and we are aware then, oh, I don't like this, we can really focus on changing it. Yes, and it's important to do that because if you don't, you end up, you end up sort of living by, by the chance of the programs you've already gotten. And um, I, can, I think a, a good way to, to explain how that works is this. When you go to the newborn infant nursery, in the hospital. It's a place I love in the hospital. You go to the newborn nursery, and you usually, if you want to see the little newborn infants, you, you look through a viewing window, and there on the other side of that window in their little bassinets are these beautiful miracles of life. And you, and you look at these little infants just born, and if their eyes are open, if they're awake, you can actually see them looking for that incredible potential that they were born to live out, um, you can see in their eyes that, that they were born with absolute potential. They've got their entire world in front of them, and, and they get to do anything with that world. And then what happens is, even while they're still, before they even leave the hospital, they start to get their first programs. They get messages from their mother, of course, very loving messages. But probably in the corner of the hospital room is a television set, and it's it's giving messages, and, and it starts there. And then, then that child grows up, and they grow up getting hundreds of thousands of messages. It's been, it's been estimated that during the first 18 years of your life, if you grew up in a reasonably positive home, you were told no or what you can't do, what won't work, more than 148,000 times. That's a lot especially when you think that the brain buys it, the brain will accept it if you're told it often enough. So 
So imagine now, imagine that you're, take a moment and, and think about somebody you know who's incredibly positive, somebody whose life is really working. And so that might be a person you know or somebody you know of, but just for a moment, visualize the most successful person you can think of. So that person may be alive or may not be, but that's that's somebody who you might like to get to know more if they are living or somebody who you'd like to um, be more like and, and so on. That's someone you can really like and respect because their life is working. It's spiraling upwards. They're always doing well and getting better. And I don't mean just financially. I mean in their life. And so imagine that person. Get a good picture of that person in your mind. And then imagine that that person is in the room with you right now, and and that person, this most this super successful person, is standing there. And you and you ask this person to stand right off to the right of you. So there there that person is right now, standing off to the right of you. Super successful person. And while that person is standing there, imagine the opposite. Imagine the 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 most unsuccessful person you know of, the person who's literally failing at life. And that's a person who I still think, when I think of that, I still think of the most unsuccessful person I know is, I don't know personally, but he left home when he was about 17 because of drugs, and his parents haven't seen him since. And if they did find him, that was a number of years ago, if they did find him now, he probably wouldn't even recognize his own parents because he'd be in an alley someplace and there would be too many drugs in his system for him to even be aware. That's that's the least or the, the least successful or the most unsuccessful person that, that I know of. But but in your own mind, just think of somebody you know or know of who is failing badly. And then and then we'll ask that person to stand in the room with you right now. And, and then stand over to the left of you. So here's where you are. You're sitting in this room, and to the right of you, there's, there is this super incredible, successful person whose life is working in every way. Over to the left of you is the person who's failing, and their life is spiraling down instead of going up. Their life is not working. And when you look at these two people, one so incredibly successful, and on the other hand, one failing so badly. Ask yourself the question, what's the difference between these two people? And the difference is they're programmed. They're, they have different programs wired into their brain because they were both born with, with absolute unlimited potential. In fact, the most remarkable thing is these two people, one so successful, the other failing so badly, these two people could have been those those two little infants that we saw in the hospital's newborn nursery just a few minutes ago, and there they were, just born, their eyes open, and searching to live out that potential, and then both of them, each of them got programmed, one with the right programs and one with the wrong programs. And that picture of those two different people is, is a beautifully wonderfully clear picture of of the choice we get to make now of do we want to be like the person on the right or do we want to be like the person on the left 
And because of neuroplasticity and the way the brain actually works and gets wired by our own self-talk, we, if we want to, we get to change our own self-talk. We get to change our programs, like changing our software, and we get to be more like the person on the right. And so we do have that choice. And so we have that power. Some people, like the person on the left, uh, may choose that, like, yeah, I don't like this, but it's comfortable, and, and they may just decide to stay there. But if they got that spark and said, no, I've had enough of it, I'm sick and tired of this, now I'm going to change, what would be the first step they take? There are three steps, actually. And the first step, the one you just asked about, is to monitor. Listen to your own self-talk. If you if you made a, a deal with yourself right now, or if the listeners did, to listen to their, listen to everything you say and everything you think for the next three days. So be be vitally aware of everything that goes through your mind, or everything you say. And maybe a better way to look at that it would be this: if if for a month you had someone go around with you and and record everything you said. Um, they wouldn't be able to hear what you thought, but they could at least hear what you said. And let's say they recorded that. And then at the end of that month, they wrote down or they, they typed out everything that you had said, good or bad or indifferent, positive or negative, but they wrote everything down. You could, after even 30 days or less, you could read through that list of everything you'd said and you would see your self-talk. You would see exactly how you think and whether your thinking is negative or positive. You can do that yourself by, by monitoring, by listening to yourself. And the, it's, a, it's a habit you'd have to kind of force because without thinking too much about it, without having a coach there to guide you maybe or somebody, a family member to help you do this, you actually slip right back into your own thoughts, your own old um, self-talk, your old programs, whatever they are, good or bad. You slip into those. So if you do something, make a note, do something, put a sign on the wall, do something that makes you conscious of listening to yourself. Even for a few days, you start to hear what's, what you're saying. And you'll probably, most people are amazed at how many things they say that are absolutely negative self-talk. And it's like if, if you had a computer keyboard strapped to your, or just you're carrying it, and it's wired right into your brain. And you had to type out everything you said instead of saying it out loud. You had to type it into that computer keyboard. Um, I think you, you probably would not type out onto a keyboard. You probably would not type something like, oh, I'm so stupid, or I could never do that, or nothing ever works out good for me, or I, some people have all the luck. I have none. Or it's, why should I even bother trying. I know it just won't work. Those are all just subtle, simple um, self-talk messages. They're all negative. And they're the kinds of things that if we thought about it, if we were aware of it, we wouldn't type, it, we wouldn't type into our brain. Unfortunately, 
we're not aware of, of most of our self-talk. About 77% of all of our programs that we have now are negative. And those programs are buried. Thousands, tens of thousands of them are buried in the subconscious mind. And that's what's doing most of our thinking for us. That's what most of our, it's, it's like we're on autopilot. And so, so to, to break out of that, start by monitoring, start by listening, start by listening to yourself. And that will give you the first indication of, are you really doing everything with your own brain that you could be, or are you just going along with the way it was? Right. And when you're talking about the monitoring and these words that are going on, I think sometimes I've observed that there's an emotional reaction. It's perhaps started with some negative self-talk, but sometimes people get like really angry and upset at themselves, it appears. That's part of that, that it's emotional rather than verbal? Yes, the, the verbal, the, your own self-talk, actually uh, creates most of your emotions. And your emotions influence your self-talk. So they work. It's a cycle. They, if, you have, uh, if something happens that something goes wrong and you say, oh, this is just a, oh, this is terrible. Right? Just by saying that, I've just told my brain to, to release some more cortisol and, and to make me feel emotionally down or upset um, by the same token on the other hand the person who says I can deal with this I'm good at this I'm, I'm very good at dealing with problems and I can deal with this one I just told my emotions to back down to make things work better for me so the two work together emotions and self-talk go hand in hand and the exciting thing is we do have control over this, not to keep going down that slippery slope and saying, oh, well, that's the way it is. It's like, no, stop right now and realize I can change this. I can turn the ship around. It may yes. take some time, right? But yes. I can do it. Yes. And, and we just mentioned the first step is to monitor your self-talk or to listen to it. Uh, the second step is to edit Every single person has the ability to edit what they're going to think next or what they're going to say next. Now, editing your self-talk is a habit, and a habit is something you have to learn. And it does take some time to learn the habit so that you're naturally editing your self-talk. But instead of saying what you were about to say that's going to be negative or harmful or work against you, you can stop it. Instead of saying, oh, I'm so clumsy. You can stop that and say, I've got this. I'm in control. I'm fine. I'm doing well. And when you first start to edit your self-talk and turn it around, let's say that you've been saying, somebody has been saying for years, I'm the world's worst person with remembering names. I can never remember names. So that has become true because they've wired that into their brain. That's the instruction they gave to their brain. I can never remember names. They've repeated it often enough that their brain wired it in, and it's now true. So they hear about self-talk, and they hear about changing their self-talk, and so they're, they meet somebody, and they're about to say or think, oh, 
I'm, ne I'm never going to remember this person's name. They stop and they edit that and they say to themselves, I can remember this person's name. I have a good memory. I'm great with names. I'm interested people in people. I remember them and I remember their names. So the first time you say that, your brain is going to tell you, you've got to be kidding. You've been telling me for, for 27 years that you've got a terrible memory with names, and, I'm gonna, and you don't have a good memory. So it sounds like you're kidding yourself. But when you edit your self-talk, you start to get it right, and, and you say, I'm good with names. I have a great memory. You're not kidding yourself. You're, just, you're going back to the way it really is. You're setting the record straight. You're giving your brain a brand-new control a, a message. That, that tells it, all right, now I'm going to be good with names. And when you first do that, you think, yep, no, that's, that can't be. I'm kidding myself. And then you keep doing it, you keep doing it, and, and you find that you're starting to remember names. And your brain is saying, gotcha. If you had told me 27 years ago that you needed to remember names, I would have done that for you. Right. In that way, the brain just responds to whatever we're telling it. It's that flexible. Yeah, the brain is incredibly neutral. We think that our brain is, is, um, is piloting, setting our direction. It would be like the onboard computer on an airplane. It just flies in the directions that the, that the navigator on the plane types into the onboard computer. That's, that's where that plane is going to fly. And that's the way our brain works on autopilot, which is where most of us are. Most of us go through every single day mostly on autopilot. But we're at, we actually have full control anytime we decide to take control. And, and if your plane is heading in the wrong direction, that would be a metaphor for if life isn't working, you can give your autopilot new directions. It takes a lot of them. It takes... A lot of the right self-talk to replace the old self-talk, but it's it's not hard to do. It's just that we tend to um, stay busy. We tend to uh, just follow our old programs and our old thoughts, and we don't make an issue of it. So so until you decide, I'm really this. Is, it's time for me to do something about this. It's a, there's a very good chance that you won't do anything about it. You'll just stay with the old autopilot. But if you do want to change it. Well, the brain is designed to do that fairly simply. It just takes giving it attention. Um, the best way we've ever found to change programs is by listening to self-talk. So that would be exactly like listening to a re recordings of a new language. Let's say you wanted to speak Spanish. I used to be a Spanish-English interpreter for the U.S. government and uh, in Cuba, and I, when I learned language, I recognized, I learned early on, that we learn language through repetition. We listen to it repeatedly, again and again and again, and then we practice it again and again and again. And the secret to rewiring your brain is repetition. So that's how we learn a new language. So now imagine that you've been thinking negatively, and you'd like to learn the language of positive, the language of success. It's exactly like learning a new language. Repetition, repetition, repetition. In fact, I've often said the key to success is repetition, repetition, repetition. So I recommend listening to self-talk. That's partly because 
I'm I'm such a strong believer in listening to the to the new language until you get it right. But I've been writing self-talk messages and recording them into self-talk programs or sessions on a broad variety of different subjects for many, many, many years. And I'm very proud to say that right now, every day, there are thousands of people all over the world who listen to self-talk, and that helps them get it right because they can listen in the background while they're doing something else and they don't have to take time. But their brain is listening, even if they're not paying attention. Their brain is listening, and they end up learning a brand new language. In this case, it is the language of success. And on that note, we should mention that in this new book, Negative Self-Talk and How to Change It, there are the tools and resources that we can access being Self-Talk Plus. And we can access those for 30 days for free, right? Yes. Uh, The Self-Talk Institute um, has a a membership site uh, that anyone can go to. It's selftalkplus.com, S-E-L-F-T-A-L-K plus P-L-U-S, selftalkplus.com. That's the Institute's site for people who want to try out listening to self-talk. And you can go to that site and you can listen free for 30 days. And there are many different programs to listen to, Um, programs on weight loss, self-esteem, uh, career and finances. There are even programs for for kids, uh, uh, teenagers, and, and for younger kids. So you can go to that website and stream uh, self-talk audio programs direct to your phone or your listening device. So it's, it's an incredible site. I really like it. And they have, they have put together um, all of the self-talk programs that I've been writing for many, many years and made that available to the public. The book is an incredible resource, of course, and along with, I think, maybe using the audio, but the the book is certainly filled with all these details, and I personally like books and, and love to refer there. I like to see that word. It pops out, and I can quickly find what I need to, to deal with. So this new book, because you've written several books, but Negative Self-Talk and How to Change It is is quite new, and of course we can get it at all of our favorite book sources, correct, Dr. Shad? Yes. Um, the book Negative Self-Talk and How to Change It is a slightly different book than those that I've written in the past. I've written something over 20 books, and um, those books, I'm proud to say, are published in over 74 countries around the world, and and they go into great detail on, on self-talk and how to change it and how to get it right. And I realized that that people are pretty busy these days, and they may not have as much time to read. So I decided to write a book that that a person, anyone, could read in about an hour. So Negative Self-Talk and How to Change It, the brand new book, I took all of the best ideas and all of the the most important information about negative self-talk and positive self-talk, and I put that into one book that's a thin book so that you can pick it up, get all of the basics, learn exactly what to do and how to do it, and you could do that in less than an hour. So it's it's actually called a 60-minute book. And uh, I'm very happy with the results that it's gotten because people are really like the book. And, of course, that makes me happy, but especially it helps people get all the information they need 
and actually do something about their own self-talk. And we owe it to ourselves. We have this one life. And when we thought at the beginning of our conversation about the person on our right, the successful person, the person on our left, the one who's not doing very great in life, where do we want to be? Realizing we have this choice, and you've really helped us to become much more conscious of this, Dr. Shad, and I'm so grateful that you do this work and that you've spent time with us to enlighten us this morning. Well, thank you. I've enjoyed talking with you, and I hope you and all of your listeners have an incredible day. You as well. And this morning, we have our Sunday morning shout-out. This morning... It's for Washington outdoor women who are connecting to nature through traditional outdoor skills. Washington Outdoor Women is an outdoor skills education program that is run by women for women. Since 1998, Washington Outdoor Women has been reconnecting women with Washington's wilderness through skill-building workshops and classes such as archery, freshwater and fly fishing, backpacking, waterfowling, shotgun, map and compass, survival skills, Dutch oven cooking, outdoor photography, and so much more. Match your potential with opportunity. You can check out their workshop schedule and register online at http colon forward slash Washington Outdoor Women dot org. Washington Outdoor Women, WOW for short, is an educational outreach program of the Washington Wildlife Federation, and it's dedicated to teaching women and girls outdoor skills and natural resource stewardship. If you'd like more information, please call Jen Sirowitz at 425-785-3555 or email her at jens, J-E-N-S, at washingtonoutdoorwomen.org. It will be the greatest gift you can give yourself. Washington Outdoor Women.